Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Welcome to Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK. With me is my spooky compatriot, Sean the Arcade Phantom. Happy Halloween in what month are we airing this? Oh God, is it is it March? March? Uh, I, think I think it's, it's March. I think this episode airs in March. I hope or whenever you listen to it. <laughs> yes, I hope you listen to this in October. And with us is a very special guest, our buddy, Robbie. Hello out there. Robbie, great to have you hanging out with us. I... Uh, for those who uh, don't know our friend Robbie, uh, Robbie here is a big horror movie buff. And to top it off, uh, drunkenly, I told him at a wedding, like, you need to be on my show. I might have drunkenly said, I want to be on your show. So who knows who said what? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because we both blacked out. So Yeah, it's very fair. So, Sean, today we're talking about Treehouse of Horror 3. When did this episode first air? This episode first aired October 29th, 1992. Yeah, so in this spooky episode, the Simpson family tells scary stories at home for a party, and we hear stories from Lisa, Grandpa, and Bart. Sean. Robbie, I'm so glad to have you on here today. Craig doesn't know shit about horror movies, but it's great to have somebody <laughs> I who does. I that, the couple I've listened to. You're like, yeah, the movie Frankenstein. He's like, what the fuck's what? that? What's a Frankenstein? Frank who? It's like with the, the, the swamp monster that comes out, right? Yes, that's the creature from the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> that sounds right. I... So, Sean, let's talk about what was going on around the 29th of October in 1992. Well, hit us with some uh, news. Some happy news? Because you're going to bring us down? I might not, actually. What the fuck, Craig? Right? <laughs> what the hell? Seriously. It, it's for the, for the spookiest day of the year. I had to bring you the happiest news. Uh, but go on, Sean. So, October 21st, 1992, a little Game Boy game came out. Yeah? Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins. Man, I love that game. That game's so good. I so love that oh game. That is... Uh, I love both Mario Lands. Like, Mario Land 3 is a little weird because it's the Wario Land. Honestly, I think uh, uh, Mario Land 2 might be the best Game Boy platformer. Ooh, best Game Boy platformer? I think it might be. Gargoyle's I, Quest. Okay, Gargoyle's Quest is pretty good. And so is, like, Bionic Commando. I'm just going to go with Tetris. Does that count? <laughs> is that a platform? I mean, you. There's plenty of in them. A, in a sense, you. Okay, you know what? Never mind. I'm glad you threw out Bionic <laughs> Commando on Game Boy because otherwise Xander would go back in time, come in here, and just start kicking the crap out of us if we didn't mention <sighs> I it. I can't deal with time travelers. That's, that's, no, that's too much. Uh, do you guys want to hear a little bit of a. Uh, I actually have so, uh, some slightly themed news for you guys that was in the Detroit Free Press on this day oh, back God, on boy. the uh, 29th. Go for it. A comprehensive survey of Loch Ness had just been completed, and the sonar company that did so reported the lake as having a depth of 846 feet, which was 92 feet deeper than they you know, had previously thought. Uh, they found no evidence of any deep water valleys or caves. Uh, strangely enough, though, the sonar tech, Bob uh, Manson, 
found a large object, followed it for about two minutes, and then it vanished. He wasn't a believer before, but after that, he was. He started believing in the Loch Ness Monster, uh, you know, because that's what it was, And it, you know, instead of something reasonable. I'm, I'm Are you him. saying the Loch Ness Monster is not reasonable, Craig? I think it's reasonable. Yeah. There's nothing reasonable about that beast. It's it real. does not reason with it, anything. It is as reasonable as Ogopogo <laughs> or Champ. <laughs> I mean, I believe in Bigfoot. You know what? I... Uh, I, I had a choice between talking about Mussolini's insane granddaughter <laughs> and Loch Ness Monster, and I stand by my uh, decision to talk about the Loch Ness Monster. No, I stand by that, too. <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that up, because I love the Loch Ness Monster. Also, it's the it's one of two Mussolini references we're going to get in this episode. Let's get three. Make another one up. <laughs> I'll, I'll make some news yeah, up later. Yeah, make one up. <laughs> so, let's dive into the episode. I... You two, off the bat, are going to tell me about Alfred Hitchcock, aren't you? He's pretty great. Yeah, so the intro is a parody of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Yeah, it's like the outline. Homer comes into yep. it. Every episode, Hitchcock would walk out and do his little spiel intro into his body outline. His jo- jowls would flutter, and he'd be yep. like, good evening. Yes. And that's what Homer says here, yep. of course. Uh, and he gives the warning that Marge has previously been giving the last two uh, uh, seasons of uh, Treehouse of Horror. Because uh, the red uh, tarp is the reference to the original uh, Frankenstein Sean and yes. mentioned, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, and so Homer, you know, in his own way, uh, warns everybody and complains about religious types. Yes. <laughs> Rightfully <by> so. <laughs> and then calling them all chickens. <laughs> also, there's kind of a weird little dated reference, I think, because the TV does the staticky blip. Yes. And that's not a thing anymore, is it? That does is not it? exist without antennas. Yeah, that is a, a weird effect that, like, no kids these days would ever know, oh, right? Oh, absolutely not. I will argue that they might know that. Yeah. Only because I've been house hunting recently, and I've gone into a lot of houses where people don't have anything other than antenna TV. It really? is really weird, yes. But antenna TVs just, they don't work anymore. The signals have been cut or whatever. It, you had to get the box, right? There are still some antenna signals that go out. Yes, yeah, so you really? get like the basic channels, like 2, 4, 7, 62. Yes. Oh. You get the most basic channels. They're weird. not on the old frequencies they used to be broadcast on. That's oh. what the difference in the box is. I see. I gotcha. I. Uh, but I appreciate that uh, Homer, you know, we don't see anything because of the blip. And Marge is like, did you call everyone a chicken? And he's like, no, I swear on this Bible. And he, she's like, that's not a Bible. That's a book of carpet samples. And I have to wonder, is that one of the actual lines? Or is that like ad lib between the two of them? Because that is such a weird thing to say. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I'm going towards it was written. Okay. Because carpet samples are brought up again in Marge Be Not Proud as one of the Christmas gifts the kids get. Oh, yes. It's a book of carpet samples. Yes. You know what? You're right. I, I bet you're right then. Which I'm pretty sure the gifts they get are a book of carpet samples, a soiled wig, the March 8th newspaper. <laughs> Somebody on Discord, tell me if I'm right or not. But those are off the top of my head. <laughs> so the the proper episode begins and we get the, the same spooky, creepy intro of going through the graveyard. Yes. Uh, now, the first tombstone is Drexel's class. I have no idea what that is. Well, I did the research. Right. Thank you. Is this Mussolini? 
Uh, no, that's oh. way later. Oh. You're gonna have to keep. You're gonna, gonna have to stop. Guess. You're gonna have to stop guessing Mussolini. Stop guessing it's Mussolini. way at the end of the episode. Is one of the kids dressed up like Mussolini? I was just about to say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> good guess though. So, uh, Drexel's class was an American sitcom that lasted one season from '91 to '92. Okay. Hence why they're making fun of it here. Yep. But it was on Fox, which is kind of funny. It was one of their own. The shows on their own network. Uh, it's about a scummy dude who failed in a business venture, and he's offered a suspended sentence after he commits fraud was, was, uh, to become this, a teacher. Was this about Trump? No, but good guess. <laughs> I mean... Uh, so that's kind of weird because later on in the episode, when we get to the graveyard, mm-hmm. they'll make a reference to dead shows with animated shows. Animated shows. Yes, but were those they all will. on Fox, though? I no, don't think they were I don't, all on I don't Fox. Know about that. I have, ABC. Yeah, I, I have all that info oh, for okay, later, yeah. so we're good but there. But it's weird that they reuse the same joke in the intro. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is a little weird. I I wonder if a different team or a different set of the writers were like working on that. That could be. I knew no they break off and like groups do each segment. Yeah. I uh, so we then have uh, a few other tombstones. Did you get those uh Robbie? Oh uh, yeah, the one of them says I'm with stupid pointing uh-huh. at our Buckminster Fuller. Yeah, who was an architect who died in 1983? I I don't know why. He popularized Oh, technically this is a Simpsons nod. He popularized the geodesic dome. Which is, you know, there is no structure that Apu would rather call his home. Yes. Uh, so I, 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 that's the only thing I can think to link back to the Simpsons. Uh, and then there's two other tombstones? Yeah, one that says slapstick, which very, like, quick. You barely see that one. And then yeah. the other one says American workmanship that is falling apart. That's kind of a funny make fun of America, yes. you know. I mean, that happens like later on with the robot cars. Like, yep. yeah, one of those American robot cars when it crashes. Uh, the slapstick one is a little weird, but I guess technically slapstick slapstick comedy was probably going down around this time. I think right? slapstick comedy was dead, like legit dead. It 80s, was legit dead at this period. Eighties comedy was that like sex rapey comedy, like Revenge of the Nerds and stuff like that. I am so <laughs> glad that you referred to Revenge of the Nerds as sex rapey. Dude, it's super rapey. They, they rape somebody in it. Dude, Come on. I recently rewatched it, and it, I was like, oh my god, no way. They legit rape somebody. Oh, that's, that's fucked up. You can never make that movie again. No, never in a million years. <laughs> no. But I feel like slapstick kind of comes back a little bit in the 90s, because Jim Carrey's about to get real big on In Living oh, Color. in The Mask, too. That's yeah. super slapstick The Mask is like yeah. absolute slapstick. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're about to see a revival. Ace Ventura, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's Can true. Can we name any other slapstick besides Jim Carrey? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not great with movies. Dumb and Dumber, damn it, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I can't think of any other slapstick that would come out like in that time period. Yeah, not in that time period. No, nothing's coming to mind. Uh, cartoons mostly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Tom and Jerry, and you know, all that fun stuff. Of course, good Tom and Jerry ended quite a while before this episode aired. <laughs> We had the Tom and Jerry kids at this time, right? Fuck you. (laughs) Muppet Babies? Was that slapstick? Uh, To a degree, maybe? Gonzo? Sometimes? A pup named Scooby-Doo? It's a little slapstick. That was mid-90s, right? Yeah, Yeah. that was definitely mid-90s. Yeah, there we go. There's something. What about Yo-Yogi? No? What about (laughs) Yo-Yogi? Fair (laughs) enough. Moving on. So, I... I, I love, and I think you guys will appreciate this too, the imagery of just the Halloween party when you're inside the Simpson house. Oh, yeah, but you also, you just skip the couch gag. Oh, Which is them as all skeletons, yeah, which skeletons. I think is one of the most, like, iconic images of the Treehouse of Horror, like, show. That, that all five of them on the couch as skeletons, you always see. See, yeah. I always think of the one of them all hanging. 
where they all have nooses around. That's the one that goes to my head. But you can show the skeleton one a little bit more than people being hung. Yes. So you see that one, like the skeletons, a little bit more out there. Yeah, that's true. It's it's they they probably don't show the hanging (laughs) one as often. I so. We have some of the the kids in the uh, at the Halloween party. Uh, do you have some of those outfits and stuff there, uh, Robbie? Yeah, I have some written down here. Um, Bart is dressed up as Alex from A Clockwork Orange. Okay, I got to bring this one up. Is that movie suitable for Bart? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but this pisses me off because Craig, you don't watch The Simpsons anymore, right? But Robbie, I know you tune in every year for the Treehouse of Horror. Yes, and the Thanksgiving episode this year because they did a Treehouse of Horror theme. They did yes. three skits. Yeah. So I hate that they did a Clockwork Orange, and it wasn't Bart. It was Homer. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I have hip. always been mad yeah. about that. I oh. didn't even think about that. It's like Homer, Moe, Lenny, and Carl. Carl. They're the four guys the, the from The four Drews, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because we, we see, at least in this episode, that Bart has some appreciation of a Clockwork Orange. He does even the English accent, yeah. too. I'm like, Stupid oh, wow. Plotty. Yeah. Which was out freaking tweet. But yeah, and um, Nelson is a pirate. Uh-huh. Uh, Martin is Calliope? Calliope? Calliope. 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 The muse of heroic poetry. <laughs> and then he gets decked in the stomach. Yeah. Um, Milhouse is the Flash. Uh-huh. And Lisa is the Statue of Liberty. We also had, I think, like, Janie was, like, a princess, princess or something. Yeah. Um, when, Wendell's at the party. What was he's Wendell? He's an astronaut. Okay, that's the pale kid's name. Yeah, I couldn't, yep. think, I couldn't think of his name all weekend. <laughs> uh, we also you. had uh, Franklin and Lewis, but I don't remember what they were dressed as. I don't remember which one's which all the time with those two. Uh, Franklin is the kid with the gray hair and like the blue jacket, and Lewis is the black kid. Okay, yeah, I, I will forget are, this by the time we record exactly, next episode. The ones that are just in the background of the first like couple seasons that we never see again. Yeah, basically, they they're around uh, fairly often in season one, and yeah. then by season two, they're basically gone. Uh, but, uh, so the party is, is, you know, revving up and we have, uh, like Homer come downstairs and he's like, behold Caesar in all his glory. And he rips his toga and he's in his underwear, which is a little weird because you, you know, you have Bart and Lisa laughing at him when you think they would be horribly, horribly ashamed. No, they're used to it by now. I guess. They're used to Homer being an idiot. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. And messing up all the time. Craig, let me tell you, when you grow up with a dad who does a lot of stupid things, you're used to it. (laughs) That's, all right, I'll have to take your word for it. let me tell you, when you hang out with Sean's dad who does a lot of stupid things, you know some things. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, uh, as a quick side note, we didn't bring it up in the uh, start of the episode, but uh, you two have known each other for, like, ever, right? Yeah, uh, Sean and I have known each other since elementary school. Yeah, we've been friends for a long time. We were in the same Cub Scout troop, so, like, any of those stories, Robbie was there for a lot of them. I was never a Cub Scout. Were you not? No. No, it was was, uh, Rod who was. It was Rod and Uh, Dante. My great-grandma gave me the option of paying for me to be the Cub Scouts or getting my um, subscription to... Oh, my God, I can't think of the magazine right now. Zoo Books? No. Um, I always wanted to do books. It was like that. I had those. With um, Timber Toes and Goofus and Gallant. Oh, highlights. Highlights. Highlights for kids? I chose highlights. You made the right right choice. choice. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, Homer embarrasses himself, of course, and Marge starts up the, the old Halloween party tradition of turning off the lights and then handing out food items. And the kids, like, close their eyes and feel them, and it's, you know, gross. So, like... Which I think that's a dated thing. I don't feel I don't, like... I don't think that happens very how, often. like, parties do that anymore at all. I wonder if that was something from when the writers were kids. 
No, no, because like, I remember doing it in elementary school. Yeah, I remember actually. doing elementary school as well. Okay. I don't remember like we would, that, at, but... At Hayes, we'd build that uh, haunted yeah. house, and you'd walk through random rooms and do that. Hell yeah, I got another hugger with me, Craig. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you guys disgust me. Craig has so much anger for us being huggers. Really? Yeah. You disgust me. Oh, I disgust me, too. It's, it's an awful name. I get it. So, they're not the huggers anymore, though. I know, because, well, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a little weird, but... Yeah. What are they now? I think they're, like... The fighting bears or something similar like that. that they're okay. bears, but they're something fierce. Lame. <laughs> you guys you guys had your opportunity to be fierce and you squandered it. That's why we're doing a podcast on the Simpsons. Yeah. Right, basically. <laughs> I don't know what my excuse is. So uh so Marge hands out these items and uh, you know, she's like, These are the her eyes, this old woman that died there a long time ago, it's and it's grapes. Hair is spaghetti, and uh she goes to get the brains and it's like like a raw steak. Yeah, it's a raw steak. <laughs> Which I wouldn't associate with being a brain. Yeah, no. not really. But uh the people at the back of the the line uh haven't even gotten the eyes yet and as she shines the flashlight at Homer, who for some reason is is in his regular outfit instead of his toga? I didn't notice that. Yeah, he's in his yeah, regular he, he shirt. He got dressed real quick. Oh, okay, I didn't I But then he gets back into the, the toga, toga later. Yeah. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah, I don't right. know. Uh but like Marge is like you're ruining everything and he's like, "Oh, it was an evil game." <laughs> Which I love that excuse. It's great. Uh, and so uh, Lisa says that she has a, a horror story for everybody. And she's like, it's about a doll. And, you know, Homer's like, that's not so scary. And she's like, from hell. And he's like, oh, I got to go to the store now. <laughs> and we have Clown Without Pity. Guys, tell me a little bit about where this comes from. Because I think it's the Twilight Zone, right? There's two places this comes from. Is it Chucky is the other? Nope. Really? It's very obscure. It's the Trilogy of Terror. Yes. We get a reference to that later on with the bathtub scene where he's Krusty's carrying a little spear. Well, uh, Zeke doll or something like that, whatever it's called. Yeah, it's like a little Zeke or Zuni doll. Yeah, going after uh, Karen Black. Yep. Okay. Uh, and he's this little doll that just basically goes around and it's like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, obviously same thing like anthology movie from the 70s directed yep. by Dan Curtis. It's a made-for-TV movie. Uh, I think I speak for every single fan listening uh, who says, what the shit is the Trilogy of Terror? It's awesome. It's really great. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Is it? It's something I grew up on like as a kid. It was yeah. one of the things my dad introduced it's really me good. to. And I actually just watched the Twilight Zone episode, that uh, Living Doll. That was the Talkie Tina episode? Yeah. I okay. literally had never seen it. I was like, well, I gotta watch really? it. Really? It it's a creepy it's one. It's oh, a good definitely. one. It's a great it's really one. It's really good. I mean, let's face it. Dolls are kind of creepy in general. 100%. Yeah, they're a little on the weird side. Not a little. So I think <laughs> quite a lot. Quite, quite a lot. <laughs> I think you have a creepy doll story, Craig. Uh, I kind of do. So uh, uh, for those who don't know, my, my grandmother has passed in, in recent months as of recording this. And uh, there's this like there was an auction for all of her stuff. And one of the things was this like dirty old naked doll. Oh god! And uh, the the gag became uh, uh, like when I you know so the pictures appeared online for people to like you know see what they were going to before they go to buy. And like uh, one of our buddies, I think it was Chops from Legend of Retro, uh, was like, "Man, what's that creepy doll, uh, Craig?" And I was like, "Why would you like? Why would you alert its presence that you think of it? Once you start thinking of it, it will come for you." And uh, she also had like this weird jester, like marionette in her place. That's 
fucking terrifying. It's yeah, it's very really creepy. I think it's awesome, but terrifying. It's terrifying. I told uh, my friends because you know when I when I came back to let them know that I was dealing with the house or whatever, they brought up the jester. They were like, oh, like you, you know, you told us about this jester before. Uh, you know, are are you gonna be you know selling that or are you bringing that home? And I was like, oh, it's the weirdest thing, guys. I uh, I I I went to the place and and it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> ah, love it. I'm so, really hoping that you save that for somebody's like child's birth or wedding as a gift and it just shows up there's no name on it. It just the doll appears. Or just there's put it in their room randomly out. and yes. just put it in the closet like I don't know where it came from, it just appeared. So, uh yeah, so so the the the, the jury is back in uh dolls are creepy. Yeah. And so, uh we have uh Bart's birthday. Yes. Is is here. And uh you know, one of the gifts is from grandpa and it's a box of money. And Bart's like, Grandpa, where'd you get all this money? And he's like, the government. He's like, I didn't earn it. I'm like, I don't know where it came from, but if they miss one payment, I'll raise hell, damn it. So good. So good. I love that scene so, so much. And uh Grandpa at this birthday party is grandpa at his best. He's it really is. Because we're also going to get him telling us that the doll is evil when Bart gets it eventually. <laughs> Which we'll get to that. Of course. So uh, Bart looks to Homer and he's like, Dad, what about your present? And he's like, don't worry, son. And he's like, I forgot about your present. But he's going to go get it. And so he goes to the house of evil. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't know that that's my first stop for buying children presents. Maybe. So he goes in. I mean, what other store is he going to go to? The Quickie Mart? I mean, he's that's, done that's that before. That's where he goes to get Valentine's <laughs> gifts, and Apu charges him 100 bucks for it. <laughs> you know what? But Homer's the idiot that, that you know, announced his desperation. Yes. He should have just been like, hey, do you have any candy lying around? And then he could have played it real smooth. But he's a dummy. So he goes to the House of Evil and he talks to the creepy vendor who gives him a really creepy doll and has creepy stuff all over. And, uh, you know, he he also potentially gets Frogurt, which is uh, frozen yogurt. And so I uh, no, what is he, What does the guy call it? Uh, Frogo? Uh, Frogurt. Frogurt. He, yeah, he does call it Frogurt. Frogurt frozen yes. yogurt. And which see, he calls Frogurt. And you see on the um, one of the shelves, the monkey's paw from Trissel Horror 2. You also have other creepy stuff like uh, a still beating heart in a jar. Yes. Uh, there's like this like a uh, uh, shrunken head, uh, a t- like a weird little miniature figure of like a two headed like cat monster. Yes. Uh, honestly, I recommend for all of our listeners go through scene by scene on at frankyact.com and just look at all the cool stuff in that shop because there's a lot of really cool background stuff like uh, uh, like this jar with all these like little I think it's like a red crystal on one of the shelves mm-hmm. like in the background and stuff there's a lot of neat stuff but uh homer gets back home just in time for millhouse to be playing pin the tail <laughs> on the donkey slams the door open who just like knocks millhouse out and uh bart exclaims great caesar's ghost which is a kind of a weird thing for a kid to yell right yes just a little I started yelling it because of Bart, but yeah. <laughs> Great Caesar's ghost. And he gets a talking crusty doll, which, as Sean mentioned, is evil. Evil. Grandpa, you say that about all the presents. I just want attention. <laughs> that This episode has so many amazing lines, and that exchange is one of them for me. That grandpa scene 
and the scene where Grandpa refers to everything as death are two of my favorite Grandpa <laughs> scenes in the entire series. <laughs> death yep. stalks yep. me at every turn. Ah, death! That's the lamp. Ah, uh, death! That's Maggie. Death! That's the lamp again! Okay. Uh, and so, uh, we have uh, uh, Homer watching a news report after this and the news report which is weird that this made it into lisa's story but uh the uh kent brockman is like you know springfield's air is now only deadly dangerous to the uh children and the elderly yes. and i was like Woo-hoo! That's, that's not strange it made it into lisa's story no no she's just trying to bring up cultural events and talk about climate change she's trying to get her dad smarter yeah she's trying to help her dad out through her story well, isn't isn't her dad currently at the store not listening to her story? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, Homer, you know, kind of laughs. He pulls the string, and the crusty doll starts speaking kind of a little weird. What does he say? I don't like you. <laughs> then he la- Homer laughs. And what's he say after that? I'm crusty the clown. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Didn't even pull the string that time. He said I'm going to kill you. You, Homer Simpson. Uh, what does he say? Something like, I'd like to see you try or something. It like throws the doll. And then the doll has a knife? Why? Like, why was that knife just by the couch? It just seems like a silly place for a chef's knife. Sometimes you keep a knife by the couch. I mean, that's Lisa's story. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, She's criticizing Lisa. And then I like that when Homer calls out for help and the family comes in, he's kind of crying. You sort of feel bad for Homer in this scene. A little bit. Because here's the thing. In the Talking Tina Twilight Zone, the dad is a douche in that, like the stepdad. Totally a stepdad. He's a total Total dick. Total, yeah, just complete waste of space. You know who the dad reminds me of in that episode? And Mm. Craig, this is going to go over your head, and I'm sorry. He reminds me of a Night of Living Dead, the dad in the basement. Oh, 100%. He reminds me so much. He's a bald, cranky dad who hates everything. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> like, I always think of that when I see that episode. Yep. <laughs> Maybe it's... Huh. Hmm. It was just a thing back in the 50s that bald, cranky dads existed. I mean, arguably, every dad in the 50s, maybe ever, has always been cranky, right? <laughs> Leave it to Beaver? All right, that's yeah. He's yeah. he's an upstanding uh, Andy Griffith show. Andy Griffith show. Yeah, he's he's not so bad. Gomez Adams. All right, get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, I uh, Homer, you know, is is pretty upset, and the doll starts laughing, and then there's a weird kind of continuity error as the doll stops laughing, looks at the string on his back, points at it, Homer pulls it, and he starts laughing again. And it's like po- Homer just pulls a string, like, "Oh, I'm gonna help you. Out. I'm gonna help you try and kill me. Here you go, buddy." <laughs> Uh, in the bath, Homer is referencing a commercial. And you guys know that I know about this commercial. He starts singing, my baloney has a first name, it's H-O-M-E-R. My baloney has a second name, it's H-O-M-E-R. Which is a reference to Oscar Mayer's slogan from 1973. Good year. Uh, solid year. Good year for baloney. Yes. Uh, so Probably the best year. Uh, it's been a downhill since, yeah. honestly. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, with uh, uh, Oscar Mayer, for those who don't know, or maybe you know you don't have it in your country or something, uh, it's a lunch meat brand that specializes in less than stellar lunch meat. 
and hot dogs. And hot dogs. I think they're most well known for hot dogs nowadays. And the, the Wienermobile. Yeah, they have a yeah, Wienermobile. That's true. The Wienermobile. That's that's pretty pop culture. I think most people would know that. See that Henry Ford? I've seen it one time dri- driving down the street. I have too. It's insane. <laughs> it's you just so kind of stare like, oh my God, no way. I've seen it parked at a grocery store once and I was scared to go to the grocery store. I probably would be too, honestly. I feel like that's the, like, like let's face it. There's no way that somebody from Twisted Metal is not riding that thing, right? <laughs> right? Like, there's no way that guy wasn't in the store, like, murdering people. Why I'm is sure. that not a car in Twisted Metal? Good question. Not sure. Uh, yeah, why isn't it? Uh, I, but, uh, uh, so this comes in with a reference that you guys were refer- uh, talking about. Uh, the Krusty Doll comes out with a harpoon? Yes. Yes, it's kind of like the spear that the Trilogy of Terror Doll has. I also think it was a little bit like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. When uh, Nancy's in the bathtub. I get that. Too. And I'm like, he pops oh, out with yeah. the little claws. Yeah. I, I felt that a little bit. And then we have Homer run by and yes. uh, Patty then says, there goes the, uh, what is it? The last lingering threads of my heterosexuality. Yep. Yes. In the fan fiction seasons, Patty is going to come out and say that she is homosexual. And a lot of people reference this scene in particular as, as, you know, being related to that, but this is non-canon. But it ends up becoming canon later in the series because she does come out. Yeah, but well, Patty kind of leans towards that because she doesn't like being touched. She's very awkward with men. She doesn't have a sexual relationship when uh, Skinner is going after. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because at that time it was uh, thought that she was asexual. That's kind of what Homer and Marge were talking about. Well, she should have been. I mean, that would have made more sense. But probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's totally cool to have uh, a homosexual character on The Simpsons. Yeah, bring in more diversity. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, we had one. And he was amazing. He came in season two, and he's the best guest <gasps> character ever. It's oh Carl. my god! Yes, Carl. Fuck, I love Carl. I mean, and there already is one. Waylon, which we'll get yeah, to oh, right. yeah. next skit and anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, and him. Oh, right, the well-known one. Oh, that How did we forget? Weird. Uh, but Carl, God, he's the dream. He's so awesome. I I love that episode so oh, much. Oh, it's good. I mean, I'm not gay, but I mean, I would. But I would be for Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't be? So, uh, the next scene we have, uh, uh, the Krusty Doll is talking to the cheerleader doll uh the yeah, the malibu, malibu, stacy. malibu stacy thank you and he's like oh that cheerleader uniform looks a little hot why don't you pop it off and it's like wow crusty you're such a bro that is like the most bro thing i think maybe uttered in the simpsons history again uh, rapey no, like revenge of the nerds no jimbo oh, jimbo yeah. is just as creepy when he's like oh now my pants are chafing oh me. my god yes. oh yeah that's right yeah, okay. So so this this is a contender. Maybe it's not number 1, but it's Again, it's, it's trying. 1992. A lot of things could fly back then that you can't do now. Yes. True, yeah. Uh and so Homer sneaks in uh which is weird. Did you guys notice the weird little animation error? I did not. No, I didn't. So the next time you're watching the scene, the dollhouse it swings around. We see Lisa's door to her bedroom because we know where it is because her bed is here. And then it's the the door across from that. I like how you say her bed is here, but our listeners don't know where your hands are pointing. <laughs> Whatever. They can use their imagination. Is this video too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you, you pan around the room. You have desk. You have bookcase. You have, like, uh, uh, I think nightstand and then bed. Yes. And then the screen pans a little bit more, and there's a door that opens, and that's where Homer walks out of. He walks out of her closet. Well, what would be the closet door if it wasn't for the fact that Bart's room is right on the other side? 
Huh. All right. Huh. I never noticed yeah. that. I'm gonna have to watch this episode again. The for next the 19th time this week <laughs> and see that. <laughs> the next time, and I'll, I'll bring it up. Uh, uh, and I'll, I, I recommend our listeners jump on Freaky Act to see it as well. I'll bring that up for you before we uh, take off today. Okay. Cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's. I thought that was kind of weird. And so he throws him in a bag with his dirty socks, and of course the dolls, you know, like ugh. He can make out. through it, and then he just passes the hell out. So then he goes to a bottomless pit. Of course. Of course, because Springfield has a bottomless pit. What city doesn't have a bottomless pit? You know what? Uh, poor cities I'm don't have bottomless I'm looking for the one pits. in my city of Redford, and please tell me where it's at. I want to find this. Uh, Redford, I don't think, has has one. You're going to have to go to a nearby city. Well, Livonia's is in Rotary Park. I know that. So... <laughs> I uh, we have a mobster who throws a dead body into the pit. Arrivederci. Arrivederci, Vito. I uh, who is uh in the Simpsons proper. He's the guy uh complaining, "Come on, I have a body in the trunk." Yes. He's, in... the, he's the same one who gave the kiss of death, isn't he? Oh, and he's also the same one who gave the kiss of death, I think. Yeah, I believe you're right. Uh so Homer alone and also Bart the murderer. And we also have some kid walk up or some guy and he's like, I'm always a fool to think anyone wanted nude photos of Whoopi Goldberg. And then the box of photos flies back up into his Come arms. Right back up. I, I, It's interesting that Whoopi Goldberg is, is being made fun of harshly here. I mean, at this time, she's fairly popular, right? Super popular. She was in The Color Purple. Uh, she was in Sister Act yeah. around this time. And then uh, soon enough, she'll be in Lion King as one of the voices of the hyenas. Well, and then Sister Act 2. And like, Sister Act 2 was a, was a big sequel, one, yeah. yeah. Uh, and for those who don't know, she's one of the co-hosts of The View right now. She's been since 2007, apparently. You know, if you're into that. Sure. sure. Funny anyway. that you mentioned that because <laughs> Wait, I have what? it listed in my notes here. <laughs> what? Really? I do. Yeah. So you just added that to your notes. No, I didn't. I actually looked up Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, like what she's nude doing? Nude photos. Oh, awesome. Okay, even better. Uh-huh. And Whoopi Goldberg has actually been coming out against nude photos of celebrities that have been leaking and oh. saying how disgusting it is. Okay. She, she's had multiple segments where she's talked about, um, oh, God, I'm blinking on her name. One of the actresses um, that had their photos leaked. Chick, Chick who's in the Hunger Kate, Games. Kate Upton was one of them. That whole like thing a couple years ago where the, the hard drive was stolen, all those photos. What, what was the Hunger Games chick name? Um... I have no idea. Uh, you got me, Jennifer. Oh, uh, oh my God! Yeah, she's she, Aniston. She's, she's she's in the X Men like first class and oh my God, Aniston Lawrence. No, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Thank Jesus. you. Oh, wow, you I got it. it. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't think I would get it. I yeah. was just naming Jennifer's I have heard of. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence's phone got hacked and a bunch of her nude photos got yeah. leaked online. Mm. And Whoopi Goldberg has like an hour long episode of The View where she talks about how wrong this is that these are private photos. That have gone out. I mean, nobody it's, nobody disagrees with you on that one. No, no it's, nobody it's, will disagree. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's disgusting and it's horrible that there would be those kind of websites. What what kind of websites are they? Like, what, what website are we talking to, Sean? <laughs> I'm sure you can find it on any porn streaming site, Craig. <sighs> All right, give me five minutes. I'll be back. Or just, uh, you know, Google Incognito. Yeah, incognito mode is your way to go, Craig. <laughs> you don't think I don't already know that. So... Homer drives home from dropping off this doll. Yes. And uh, the doll surprises him, jumps on his back, rolls him around the the, the kitchen, and Homer's well, having a bit of a fit. A Cape Fear reference. Yeah. Him uh, strapped tied. underneath the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yep. right. I, I, I didn't write that down, but I remember Which uh, comes seeing back that. in the Cape Fear episode. They legit do. That, that is kind of funny. Does that, yeah. Mm hmm. 
Uh, when you said Cape Fear at first, I thought you were referencing The Simpsons. Yeah, it, <laughs> no, it's funny. The movie, both movies. Uh, Craig has never movie. seen either of the two oh movies. Oh, my God. But Cape Fear is his favorite Simpsons episode. Dude. I know, I know. I'll get on it before we cover that episode. All right, we stop recording right now and watch them both, right? <laughs> They're both great. Oh. And while we're at it, we're going to throw Night of the Hunter in there. Fuck yes. God, do I love that movie. <laughs> that movie's fucking perfect. God, do I hate you guys recording at the same time. You just want to talk about Night of the Hunter and Cape Fear all night? <laughs> yeah, let's make it a Cape Fear podcast. So are we talking about the Robert De Niro one? Are we talking about the original? Hate I you. love Robert Mitchum. Hate I you love Robert, Robert Mitchum. Mitchum is so but good. De Niro is hate so fucking creepy. Hate you both. <laughs> I can't wait to make that a Smart Line episode where I make you watch Cape Fear, both of them, for the first time. Oh my God, it'd be perfect. I, I We are, yeah, well, that just, is one of our Just plans, go back yeah. to back. They're great. They're so fucking good. So, <laughs> and I might throw Night of the Hunter in there. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> yes, why not? Why not? The Criterion Blu-ray, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. Nerds. So, uh, Marge calls 1-900-DON'T-SUE. I love that that's the number. And we get another one of the hold music gags. Yes, I love these yep. gags. These are my favorite gags that they lost over Simpsons time. And they play Everybody Loves a Clown by Gary Lewis and the Playboys from 1965. Fantastic song. It's a pretty fun song. I've it's, never heard it. It's uh, well, I mean, you at least heard it on the Simpsons. <laughs> yes, yes, I've yeah. heard that one clip. I honestly, other than that, no everybody clue. loves a clown. So why, why don't, don't you? you? There's other words, but those are the ones I remember the most. So, guy from from Krusty Co comes in, and his he's name like was Joe. I think it was. <laughs> I, this, Just that Joe sounds right. With a cigarette hanging in his mouth, walks into someone's house smoking a cigarette. That was the '90s, I suppose. And he's like, here's your problem. Doll was set to evil. And he flips the switch, and the Krusty Doll loves Homer. It was Bart's doll, but all right, fair enough. So dumb, but so awesome. That's just the switch. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, it's on evil. What are you doing? Oh, okay. I didn't think to look at the back of the doll. And then we have this weird scene where, like, Homer's eating junk food and watching TV, and, you know, he... The Krusty Doll apparently walked Santa's little helper, and he's like, yeah, dog tried to bury me a few times, though, and Homer's yeah, like... Yeah, dogs like to do that, <laughs> they bury old junk. Yeah, you stupid idiot. I'm going to reference another later episode. That reminds me of uh, Mojo. Oh, uh, the, the, the helper, the helper monkey. monkey from the fan the, fiction seasons. Pray the monkey for Mojo. <laughs> and then Krusty goes home to Lisa's dollhouse? Yep. And lives with the, the Malibu Stacy in the cheerleader uniform. But the doll head falls off. And he's like, whoops, sorry. And like puts it back on. And then we have this like, da, 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 da. like old and like, like 90 sitcom. Yeah, like a heart kind of, uh, what would you call that? Like the screen fade out. Fade out. Yeah, yeah, the fade out like of a heart. And it, we get a happy ending. Yeah, it's Elisa's story. She wants a happy ending for her dolls. You make it sound like we're not going to get another happy ending. I mean, we're going to get another happy ending, but it's Lisa's story. It's going to get a happy fair, ending. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, and it apparently some time has passed, though. So when we cut back in uh, after the commercial break, essentially, yes. uh, we have uh, Homer telling a story. And he's like, and like, she came through the door. And? And? <laughs> Did I mention she was dead? No. <laughs> well, she was. And she was carrying a golf club. Okay. <laughs> Don't you remember? She always she was always mad at him because he was always going golfing. You said he went bowling. No. Oh! And Grandpa, who he didn't know was at the party until now, <laughs> he's like, Homer, I've coughed up stuff scarier than that. 
And I, another one of the lines that I love so much is Bart going, Grandpa, you've led an interesting life. Why don't you tell us a story? That's a line you know it. <laughs> but I have seen a lot of movies. I like how that's his intro to yep. that. I've seen Just, a lot of movies. Yep, okay, cool. And, and of course, we know what this is because this is one of the arguably the most classic movie, I would say. Yes. To a degree, right? Uh, I would argue it's one of the most classic movies of all time. Oh, yeah. King Homer, which, of course, is King Kong. Now, I know a little bit more about this than than a lot of the horror movies we talk about on Treehouse 4, but something tells me you guys aren't going to be quite as happy if I'm the one talking about no, it so badly. No, go, go no, for it. Go, seriously, talk about it. It's a great movie, but it, it is technically a horror film, but I rarely see it as a horror film. I almost argue it's more of an adventure it film is, with yes, horror themes. Yes, I'll, I'll agree with that. Would it, is it... Is it so? At this point, is it? Uh, are we arguing whether it's a horror movie with adventure themes or adventure movie with horror themes? I would say adventure movie with horror themes. I would That's, agree. Okay, all right. Yeah. So we're in consensus there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's a phenomenal movie. I I saw it when I was a kid. Even like they would play it on like TBS oh, all the time. Oh yeah. It's oh, like I think what uh, every. New Year or something? I remember like every Thanksgiving. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I, I know there was always a holiday associated yeah. with them playing King Kong, Mighty Joe Young, Son of, Kong. Son of Kong was another one. I don't know those movies as well, uh, but King Kong I know okay. Avoid the 70s uh, remake. Um, oh, yeah, that was not a you're great You're forgetting a sequel to the remake from the 70s with Linda oh, Hamilton. It's right. garbage. You're forgetting King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, that movie is amazing. That movie's fantastic. And I will fight everybody who disagrees with me. I still uh, think it's funny that back in the day, I thought, because I read a book in, in a, uh, from, uh, I think it was the library or school. It was like a monster movie book. And it was like, there were two versions made of this movie. And I was like, whoa, I need to see the Japanese one because I love Godzilla. But it turned out to be a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's total bullshit. But, but that spread throughout the pop culture. There was like this rumored other ending where Godzilla won the fight between King Kong and Godzilla. And then the American version was like King, King Kong winning or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's crazy to me because like it was in books and libraries and stuff. It, it, it was that pervasive, but whatever. So I... Uh, we and I and I know that you guys also uh, love this to death. Yeah, the, a few more mm -hmm. facts about King Kong oh, while yeah. we're on it because we're about to get into it. It's sure. from 1933. It is the oldest thing that I think we reference in the Treehouse of Horror. No, uh, Frankenstein and Dracula. Frankenstein and Dracula are 31, before, 32, but they, yeah. do, do they do a Frankenstein and Dracula like skit? Like a Simpsons thing because well, we have uh, they do Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is that's coming up in, like, in the nineties. Well, the yeah. last one we had the Frankenstein yeah. reference, you're right. yeah, yeah, so yeah, that, that one would be the oldest. Yeah, the, okay, uh, uh, Burns and uh, Burns and Smithers searching for the brain. Yeah, 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 I think that yeah, that would be the the oldest one. But I mean, let's face it, it's one a few years difference. <laughs> Both yeah, exactly. real old. Yeah, Fra Frankenstein's oh, yeah. what 31? 31, yeah. Yeah. 31 or thirty one. So yeah. Thirty one. Thirty two. So. Splitting hairs. I always yeah. forget. Like God's or Dracula and Frankenstein are thirty one and thirty two, and I always forget which one is in which year. Yeah. I uh, yeah. So uh, I love the fact that it has become black and white, just like King Kong is. I would say it's more like sepia toned almost. Well, okay, There's that's that fair. Weird, yeah. Like it's got a weird orange, like kind of blur like, to it on yeah, everything. Yeah, it's like a, mm -hmm. a very dirty orange, a light dirty orange, if that's a color. I, I do like the anytime, and and I've referenced this quite a few times on Noiseland Arcade. Anytime they change up 
scenery in The Simpsons. Uh-huh. So it's like nighttime or dusk or yeah. in this case, this like weird sepia kind of yeah. filter over everything or whatever. Like, I love it. Like, or a couple weeks ago, I talked about how great it is to have snow in Springfield. That's so weird for yeah. animation shows back in the 90s. Yeah, we, we don't see that very often. Uh, but I... Uh, so Marge comes in and she's obviously the the you know the the main female lead from King Kong. She's like, you know, I saw your ad in the paper about like single white female needed or whatever. Uh non-smoker preferred. I have all those written down. Oh yeah, yeah, I have by all, all means. the ads in there. So her ad is single white female wanted for mysterious expedition. Must like monkeys, non-smoker preferred. Right. Did you get uh, the others as well? Yes, I did. Oh, by all means. <laughs> so the above one was, if you like pina, pina coladas getting caught in the rain, come with me and escape. Box 205. <laughs> <laughs> the one below it, it cuts off the last word. So it says, single white female needed to rescue me from the jaws of bachelor at bachelorhood. Bachelorhood or something. It could be something like that. Then box 953. I love that uh, the top one is the uh, reference to the Rupert Holmes yeah. song, of course. Oh, yeah. The yes. uh, uh, the escape, the escape, yes, which is the Pina Colada song, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of like that song. It's a kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Everybody likes that song until they realize how horrible that song is. It's romantic. They yeah, they're, they're tired of each other and they want to fuck each other behind each other's back. They want to fuck other people and they I realize mean, they I, love I, each other. I don't think it's romantic at all. Yeah, it's I terrible. I don't find that song like romantic at all. It's a terrible song. I you you guys and it's, I it's have a different pleasure. ideas. I love that song, but there's nothing romantic. <laughs> we about have it. different ideas of what romance you is. You like drinking pina coladas in the rain by yourself? I uh, I'm not into yoga. I can tell you that much right now. But you are in champagne, and <laughs> I do have half a brain. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, uh, Burns is lamenting the fact that, you know, a, a woman on board would be nice because, you know, they're dealing with uncouth sailors. And we So good. <laughs> and Burns looks to Smithers and he's like, Smithers, what do you think? And he's like, I think women and semen don't mix. And he's like, yeah. we know what you think. Young lady, you're hired. That is a really classic line. It Another is, is, amazing line. And it's great, too. It's one of those, I see as a kid, don't understand it. I watched when I was like 18. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I did not get that what joke as a hell? kid. Well, I would hope not. <laughs> I did. Anywho. <laughs> so, uh, I also appreciate that uh, the captain is played by Otto. Yes. I love the fact that they didn't just use some throwaway character. Like, they threw Otto into the full outfit. It's not even, like, him in his usual out, like no, clothing. Yeah, he's all dressed up, ready to he's go. He's got a pipe. Yep. It's so good. And so, uh, uh, they're, you know, they're talking about how, uh, you know, they're going to Ape Island. And, uh, you know, Marge is like, well, am I going ashore? And, you know, they're like, well, we couldn't go without the bait. Bait. The bathing beauty. Bathing beauty. Yes, I covered that one up nicely. <laughs> Burns saying I covered that one up nicely is one of my favorite lines, and I use that all the time. <laughs> Cover that up nicely. Uh, and so on uh, uh, over at Ape Island, they get captured because, you know, Marge's hair is the, tall. Uh, what's the line? Like, uh, get the get the big blue hair lady over there. <laughs> what did they just say? Uh, they said that I wouldn't dream of sacrificing <laughs> the blue haired woman. Well, isn't that nice? It gets pulled away. Uh, I also like the King Kong reference with the fact that uh, King Homer is fighting the dinosaur. Yep. Yep. Easily my favorite part of King Kong. Also, we left off one of my favorite things that Marge says in this episode. Oh, yeah? When she first meets Burns, she refers to herself as Marv, Marge Bouvier. 
Oh, she is not yeah. a Simpson. Yeah. She is a Bouvier. That, that, uh, yeah, that, I mean, yes, that is true. Uh, you know, it's funny because that that is a neat touch, but it just slipped right under the radar yeah. for me. Didn't even notice. Nope, didn't even pay attention to that. I also love all the the classic King Kong esque style shots as like Homer's coming into like the tree line, which is uh you know yeah. him with that big goofy grin is like used in King Kong, yeah. you know, I, uh, and so. Burns realizes that this is a golden opportunity. Alive, they can put him on Broadway. Dead, they sell monkey soup to the army. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just such a weird line. I love it. And so they start shooting him in the groin and belly area to make sure he lives. And uh, I like that Homer grabs Lenny. Lenny puts him in his mouth. Oh, Homer, what are you doing? This hurts. Cut it out. And then Carl goes to shoot him. He shoots Lenny. <laughs> nice shot, Carl. Uh, Burns goes to throw a gas bomb, fails miserably. And I was walking through the park one day. <laughs> and then Smithers finishes the job just in time to be offered a raise and then immediately <laughs> eaten. Yep. When we get back, I'm giving you a raise. Oh, well. So over in Springfield, not New York City. Which looks like New York City right now. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like 1930s New York City. It's weird. But you know what? Let's face it. The uh, old-timey Springfield from back in that era was a rising up-and-coming you know, star of a city. Yeah, people acted like the streets were paved with gold. They were. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, so I uh, uh, over at this uh, you know concert hall or whatever we have King Homer the eighth wonder of the world plus the chubbiest kick line in town hmm and uh, I the the news reporters which uh, is uh, what's his name I uh, oh I always forget his name the news reporter from um Shutton. Dave Shutton. Dave Shutton, yep. Dave Shutton, the news reporter who's, who's, uh, uh, so this is another. Chopper. Yeah, from the oh, Springfield okay. Chopper. Uh, he's like, well, you know, what kind of show do you have for us, Mr. Burns? And he's like, the ape's going to stand around for a few hours. And then they'll close with the ethnic comedy of Dugan and Dershowitz. <laughs> oh, hey, Craig, I got a question for you. Yeah. What the fuck is the ethnic comedies of Durgan and Dershowitz? I tried looking up. I, did you find something about that? I, I tried looking it up. I couldn't find shit. So Dugan and Dershowitz does not exist. Okay. okay. Thank you. However,. This is a play on something. Okay. Okay. This is a play on old vaudeville acts of the Irishman and the Jew. A kind of an oh, odd couple. Okay. Yeah. All right. I get it now. It's, hence why it's Dugan D- and Dershowitz. Got it. Uh, Dugan's a Jew. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a play on that. Yeah. It's it's so uh, you know it's it's kind of classic odd couple. Well, they bring kind up of another vaudeville guy. Later in that episode, when Burns gives a speech after everything. Yes, we will get to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a bit to talk about there. Uh, so, uh, Burns announces that he was a king, but he comes before you in chains. Which, is that a reference, a line from King Kong? I feel like it is. I would assume so. I haven't seen King Kong in years. So. I haven't seen it in years, it's but been I'm a while assuming for me it's too. very close to the line in that. I yeah. didn't get enough time to watch it in preparation. <laughs> so the curtains pull back, and Barney Gumble stands <laughs> up. The bag of peanuts. <laughs> wow, look at the size of that platform. <laughs> Which is another amazing line. Uh, and so news reporters start taking photos. King Homer does not like this. Marge is like, you know, oh, I think you're making him upset. And Dave Shutton's like, ah, oh, what's he going to do? Like, uh, break free and run amok in downtown Springfield? And then he gets crushed. 
Wah, wah. King Homer uh, gets offered a peanut. Yes. That, he yep. takes the whole bag. Barney starts kicking him because he's like, I said one. And uh, can, can we talk about how great Barney was back in the day before they sobered him up? They sobered him up? They sobered Barney up in newer seasons. Fan fiction. What? Yeah. He, he's Barney's a, no longer an alcoholic. He's a <sighs> coffee drinker and he's addicted to caffeine or something. Uh, I, can't, I can't get behind that. Yeah, no. It's, no it's, it breaks my heart because I that, love Barney as a drunk. But. Yeah, you guys will talk about it the episode episode where they do the short movies and he gets that oh, weird oh like, art, avant-garde art film. <laughs> Don't cry for me, I already did. It's so great. You uh, want a free lifetime supply of Duff beer. <laughs> Just hook it in my veins. If only it wasn't called Pukahontas. Oh yeah, the episode, the astronaut episode where he gets sober and kicks everybody's ass. <laughs> that was non-alcoholic <laughs> champagne. <laughs> uh, so, right, I'm skipping ahead a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, right, yeah. All right. It's hard not to, you know, talk about these, you know, and love them. So, uh, you know, we have Homer smashing through walls, and he gets into the studio of, uh, uh, or another one of the studios, I should say. Yep. And uh, we have Shirley Temple, who's singing uh, On the Good Ship Lollipop, which... I don't know why, but like I love that King Homer gets into it so much, and he's just like dancing around, and then just picks her up and just devours her. And the little scream at the end echoed like out <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> <and> perfect. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, uh, on the good ship lollipop was for the 1934 movie Bright Eyes. Uh, Shirley Temple was a child actor who went on to be an ambassador for Ghana and Czechoslovakia. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did, I did, did not, not know that. You just blew my mind. Uh, I had, I had known he, she he, was an ambassador. I didn't know for what countries, though. You just said the song came out in 1934? Uh-huh. After King Kong. Yeah, so. it would have been one year after King Kong. Yeah, so that song is not... It doesn't it, exist at the time of yeah. Grandpa's story. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's almost like Grandpa's just piecing uh, it all together from sugar packets. Uh, and so, in a apartment this is a reference of course to king kong we have mr burns and marge and burns is like i'm dreading the reviews i'll tell you that and uh marge is just like hi homie he's just so nonchalant i love oh hi homie so, like oh hey what's up how you doing smashes his big eight paw into the the room and much like in the movie we see the same shot i of, love that animation how it looks exactly like in the movie oh, it's so good Her getting ripped out of the hands like slowly yeah, the, the the amount of detail they put into the animation for replicating scenes from King Kong in this yeah, short. perfect. So good. Uh, and so uh, we have King Homer climbing the the uh, this the, you know skyscraper. And I love that he looks up and he's like, oh, and he's just like going slow. And Marge is like, maybe you should eat like more vegetables and less people. Uh-huh. And we have, uh, which is another just amazing line. The pilots up in the sky are like, he's sure taking his sweet time. Better go back and refuel. <laughs> and all the planes leave. Uh, Homer, King Homer drops Marge onto like the, the ledge. yeah the ledge. Falls. Yeah, we pan out and see that he's only like one story up. Maybe like three stories yeah. up. He Hit, falls. Hits his back and he's like, ooh, just like crying. And I, uh, I, uh, we have uh, Lou is the police chief. It's kind of interesting. It's not Wiggum. I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, and uh, uh, Marge is like, he's not dead. And Burns is like, yes, but his career is. I remember when Al Jolson ran amok at the Winter Garden and climbed the Chrysler Building. Uh, yeah, and he couldn't get arrested in this town after that. Yeah, so I looked that guy up. I had no idea who he was, and I just saw that he was called the King of Blackface. I was like, wow, 
Yeah, so that's pretty rad, I guess. No, so <laughs> hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. We, I've, we've I've actually kind of talked co- about this in a previous I've covered episode. Covered this in um, one of your favorite episodes. I'm blanking on the name of it. Like Father, like Clown. Yeah. So in the Jazz Singer from 1927, the first talkie film that's I've like very successful. Never seen it. He basically is a guy who goes off to be a jazz singer, and his yeah. Jewish father doesn't want him to do it. Okay. So he goes in blackface to do this, to follow his dreams, and that's why he's known as the king of blackface. Yeah. Because it wasn't so much that he was actually, like, making fun of black people. It was a style at the time. Oh, oh totally. I know all about, like, that yeah. vaudeville shit and, like, mm-hmm. that 30s yeah. and uh, minstrel music. And it's But that's it, why he gets the king of blackface, because 1927's uh, The Jazz Singer wasn't even nominated for Best Picture because it was referred to as a gimmick in the first Academy Awards. But now it's like revered. <laughs> yeah, now it's revered as a great film. The and first winner it was Wings, actually, for 1927, yes. a silent film about World War One. Yep. Which is actually referenced in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yes, it is. Very recently. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. There's, they steal the crane shot from it where they go through the casino scene, the casino scene which is the bars of France. Yep. Oh. That huge scene that Ryan Johnson stole that shot from Wings. Yeah, it's, it's a great reference. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I love The Last Jedi, by the way. I am with you on that. It's my second favorite Star Wars film. I'll fight anyone over it. Craig. I'll, I'll fight them with you. Well, yeah. we're going out after this episode to go fight in the uh, streets. But for now, we're still friends. Okay, maybe, uh, maybe third, but second or third, <laughs> I'm okay with that. So, uh, but which, by the way, the Winter Garden, uh, in New in uh, the Chrysler Building in New York. Yes, uh, Chrysler Building is a skyscraper in Manhattan that's been there for for a long time. The Winter Garden, to the best of my knowledge, that it's like an atrium that was built in 1988. Unless that's, there's some other Winter Garden weird. that I don't know. Simpsons did it. I don't know. They're predicting stuff in the future again. <laughs> well, I mean, this was made after. No, but it, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the only. Uh, there might be another Winter Garden that I, I couldn't find info on. Or just a sure. cool sounding name back then. Like, all right, Could Winter be. Garden. Here you go. Could be. I. Uh, but we have a newspaper flash by and it says woman weds ape, which is a reference to like the old tabloid uh, photos. And we also have uh, at the bottom of the page. Dick Cavett is born. <laughs> Dick Cavett was born. And it's a photo of him as an adult. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, cool. Which two uh, uh, things I want to bring up here. First off, that's amazing. I love it. The second off is it was on November 19th, 1936. And do you know what that means? That he was born three years before when King Kong was made? Okay, yeah, the time really paradox sick, really is... Really sticking on the 1933 for you, Craig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Time paradox notwithstanding, <laughs> this means that I was able to look back at Detroit Free Press from oh, that time. Oh, shit. Right. I have another news story. Oh, God, this is Mussolini. <laughs> Do you want to know? <laughs> and you kind of guessed it what the article was. Go on to us about 1933. Mussolini and Hitler consolidate fascist uh, entende by recognizing regime of General Franco in Spain. Those, those names don't sound familiar at all. No, that's a... Uh... Who are Hitler and oh, Mussolini? Wow. Oof. Holy shit. Jesus. Oof. <laughs> Oof. If uh, only we could go back in time and tell them what would happen. <laughs> hey, guys, nine years from <laughs> now, it's going to be terrible. Guys, guys, guys. Is that a showing of King Kong? <laughs> oh, uh, shit, yeah, I'm going to see King Kong in theaters. See you later, losers. <laughs> so, uh, I like that uh, uh, when uh, an ape or a monkey comes in, it starts, like, you know, 
howling at the the guy. He's like, "Are you with the bride or groom?" <laughs> <laughs> right this way. And who does King Homer eat? Marge's dad. Da- yeah. Oh, where's your father? He's, oh, oh, oh. Oh, Homer. <laughs> do, 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 do. It does that again. But, uh-huh, it does. Uh, the same yep. heart thing is in, in you know, and yep. everything, which is really weird. I, uh, but I, uh, after the, the, you know, story, we once again see that the party is sort of skipping forward in time. And Marge comes out and she's like, instead of candy, I have fruit. And everyone's like, oh. Uh, doesn't she say something like uh, uh, fruit is nature's candy yes. you know and somebody whips a ashtray <laughs> across the room <laughs> which Marge is wrong beets are nature's candy don't you know is that a Doug reference yeah that's a Doug reference is this an office podcast I don't know what I'm doing here I, uh, I you lost me Sean had me at Doug <laughs> but you lost me at office fruit farms lost you <laughs> oh yeah the beet farm I, I kind of remember oh that. yeah really I didn't watch the C- Craig didn't oh, watch okay. a lot of The Office. He, no, he, I, he doesn't like the style of it where it's like that weird mockumentary, mockumentary style. So you never watched Parks and Rex then either? Not really, no. Oh. I, I've seen scenes from okay. both these shows. I still yeah. want to sit you down and make you watch What We Do in the Shadows. Oh my God. I the, think wait, you would the love movie that or the film. TV show? The movie. Both are great. Both though. are great. Both are great. But, but the, oh, the movie is so good. You will movie. fucking lose your mind at oh, that movie. Do you like Flight of the Concords? Uh, they're okay, yeah. Okay. Jermaine Clemens from it is one of the vampires in it. Oh. Takai Waititi, uh, the movie's hysterical. Yeah, they're all vampires from different eras, and they're essentially living together in a household. So, like, yeah. one's from the Victorian era. Oh, yeah, that's pretty one's amazing. One's this old Nosferatu, Nosferatu vampire Nosferatu that they vampire. keep in the basement. <laughs> oh, and he doesn't great. speak. He just kind of goes... <laughs> that's amazing, and I need to and see it. And then they don't get along with the cops, or the werewolves. The, the werewolves. They, werewolves. They fight with and, the werewolves in the city. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically every white wolf game ever? Yes, it's basically oh, okay. every white wolf game ever, and it's great. Nice. Oh, yeah. great. So doing a Cape Fear, Night of the Hunter, and What We Do in the Shadows Night. I'm so down for that night. Oh, I gotta so much time. Uh, anywho. So we have, uh, uh, as as Marge is talking, the door kicks in and a zombie without its head dangling by a thread. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up to Marge talking. She offers vegetables to the kids. Somebody throws something at her. Oh, yeah, the ashtray. I brought that up. I literally just brought that up. Okay, I missed that. Sorry. (laughs) Stuck. Uh, I mean, but. Sean's in his own time loop. It it bears repeating because here's the thing. I probably would have thrown an ashtray at someone who was like, oh, I don't have candy, but here's an apple. No, you get an ashtray upside the she head. She offered vegetables, not fruits, Craig. Oh, was Fuck it vegetables? you. She's not a monster. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fruit. No, she wants to give vegetables, which is Could awesome. Like, bananas were in Like the celery, bowl. something she's offering up. For some reason, I'm thinking like grapes and bananas. It might be animated a bit, but she says vegetables in the script. Oh, does she? She mm-hmm. does. Marge is uh, well, If only nuts. we had the computers to look it up. I, ah, what uh, are you going to do? <laughs> so, uh, the zombie kicks in the door. Yes. And we find out that it's uh, just Ned Flanders. Oh, getting into the spirit. Ned. Getting into that Halloween spirit, which is kind of funny because that's not usually what you would assume is his thing. Absolutely not. No, never. But he does like other people's joy. He so, does. That is true. Have you guys ever dealt with those people who just hate Halloween for religious reasons? Uh, only in passing, like Fuck at work them. or something. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck them. Oh, you only say that because Halloween's your favorite holiday. The last time I went trick-or-treating, I was a little older than I'd like to admit, 
I got a like religious pamphlet in my bucket. I was like, well, I'm done trick-or-treating. Fuck you. Same. Walked away. Same exact story, yep. but mine was a religious pamphlet about why Harry Potter is the devil. Oh my god, it's even better. <laughs> it was so fucking fantastic. That's amazing. They gave me that, and then the house next door gave me a toothbrush, and I'm like, well, I'm going home. If it was ten years earlier, it would have been a pamphlet on how D&D is the devil. It still is. That could be. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, Craig, so- are you the devil? I, I just we gotta focus on this episode, guys. All right, let's just let's just mellow out and focus on this episode, yeah, and the, not what I do. Yeah, the Cape Fear podcast. Yes, <laughs> uh, that sounds right, but I'm not happy about it. So, so Max Katie, he's pretty awesome, right? <laughs> Enough of you. So, I, uh, I. Uh, uh, Bart says that, you know, like, ah, I got a story that's really going to make you wet your pants. And after Grandpa had his little mild heart attack, <laughs> after Flanders came through the door, he's like, too late. And everyone just sort of backs, backs off. Just moves away from him. And now we have Dial Z for zombies. Now, I feel like this is likely in reference to multiple things because there are a lot of zombie movies. But I feel like you two are going to be able to lay a lesson on me. I get two zombie movies from the. So I, I immediately get Night of the Living Dead from no, this. Night of the Living Dead. Yes, number, hands down, number one. Mm-hmm. I also get Return of the Living Dead because they're talking see, brains. I can see that because we get the brains. Yes, because they're the only ones zombies that really talk. And I also got a weird third one. Okay, what's, mm-hmm. what's the third one? The uh, Nightmare City from the late 70s, early 80s Italian flick by Umberto Lenzi. I could see that. Pretty sure. There's a one scene in the skit where Krusty is still performing and they go and to like a they TV go, studio. They go to the TV studio yes. and then it cuts back and it's send your parents brains, but we'll get back to that. Yes, that's the only reason. I, I just thought I'm like, I get Nightmare City from this a little bit. Probably, they had probably never seen that movie, but Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead, bar none, those two. So I want to talk about the cultural zeitgeist of zombies, which sure. I'm so glad Robbie's here for this. So the zombies eating their brains thing is a Return of the Living Dead thing, as he mentioned. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like that's permeated pop culture because of this Simpsons episodes where they're saying brains that everybody assumes zombies are after brains. Oh, totally. Because also in this episode, you get the joke that I did as a kid. I think you did as a kid. You woke up to a friend. Brains. Tap, tap, you tap, tap your head. Nothing. Walk away from this fucking episode. So here's a question. Return, uh, Return of the Living Dead is the one with brains, you said? Yes. Yes. 1985? Yes. 85. 85, yep. And you, guys, and you guys think that it was more this episode of The Simpsons that brought it into the zeitgeist of, well, just of the zombie culture. Brain. Yes. Because, okay. Because there's one zombie specifically that's after the brains in that. Well, they're all after the brains. Well, they but say the, brains, and then one says, uh, send more paramedics. Yes. But the to- I, I think the, this episode, the skit, gets that talking zombie. Yes. Because they never really talked before. Which my favorite zombie of any zombie movie is in Return of the Living Dead. It's tar Man? The Tar Man, yeah. yeah. The one who just comes out and he's got the really guttural brains. Yes. Wait, more than Bub? I like it more than Bub. All right, I do. All right. I love Bub. Bub is great, but. Bub's yeah. from Day of the Living Dead. No, Day of the Dead. There's Day no the living dead. in that one. Day You're of right. the Dead. Day of the Dead, 1985 as well. Yes. By George Romero. Nerds. I also really like Big Daddy, I'll be honest. You like who? I like oh, Big Daddy. Well, Land of the Dead is great. Yeah, Land of the Dead is Land fantastic. Is amazing. Look, Big Daddy. It's regular <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Uh, Survival of the Dead, meh. Dire of the Dire Dead, of the dead meh. meh. Land of the Dead, though, a legit yep. amazing film. Dennis <laughs> Hopper. I, I, oh, fucking yes. zombies. <laughs> Just imagine Dennis Hopper caring as little as he cared about the Super Mario Brothers movie, but about zombies. Oh, oh no, no, no. He cared more about zombies in this movie well, than he did about Super Mario movie. Well, he cares, but he's just like, fuck this. Ugh. 
I don't care. And he's with John Leguizamo. Come on, it's great. We get him again. Oh my god, I did. I never. You never put the connection Holy. together that they're in the same movie again. <laughs> and I literally, so I literally listened to a podcast called uh, "Best Movies Never Made," and they're on a third of a four part about the Super Mario Brothers movies, going through like each iteration of like how they get finally got made. And I never put together that Hopper and Leguizamo in Super Mario Brothers, and now they were in Land of the Dead. Yep. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> I am so glad that I blew your mind on this podcast. Oh my with that. god. Is uh, Bob Hoskins in Land of the Dead? Not Unfortunately, not. <laughs> That's a shame. I, I, I think he was dead by then. I think he died right after it. When did Land of the Dead come out? 2005? Yeah, we were out of high school, so uh, it would have been 05. Yeah, Hoskins was dead around that time, yeah. at least, I think. Uh, Hang on, the internet exists for a reason. Yeah, like a Bob Hoskins' death. <laughs> Bob Hoskins is worth pausing the podcast. He's going to say, like, for. he's still alive. Like, oh, cool. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> Oh, God, I, I'm very sure he's passed because I was pretty... I, I really like Bob Hoskins. I mean, the Mario movie was garbage, April but like... April 29th, 2014. Oh, my God. Oh, quite a bit after. Well, so, uh, sorry, Bob. Eh, he didn't hear, he couldn't hear you anyway. Sorry to his family. There you go. I, I, I thought he was dead a lot earlier. I'm very sorry. <sighs> so... Let's dive in. <laughs> Let's get back yeah, to the Sorry, sorry we just totally distracted. <laughs> We've already talked about it. I knew, I knew it was going to happen. You know, I knew this was coming. I, I haven't brought it up, but Dawn of the Dead, 1979, is my favorite film of all time. 78, and yes. 78, you're right. 78. It got wide release in 79. It did, yes, it did. It that, originally that, came out in 78, yes, but yeah, wide but release. But it got the wide release in 79. Yes. You know, Dawn of the Dead's my favorite movie of all fucking time. <laughs> yeah, Robbie and I are in just agreeance on that. I have, Dawn a, tattoo, of the Dead is I have a tattoo for it. My house is pretty much dedicated to it. I my love you both so much. My stepsister hand painted me the cover of Dawn of the Dead on a little like placket that I have hung up in my bedroom. My girlfriend painted me George A. Romero. That's amazing. Portrait of him. Hangs in the hallway going down into the basement with all just Romero posters. I just love you both so much. Yeah. Don't think I So don't. this is a Dawn of the Dead podcast now. All right. So, so <laughs> let's talk about that movie. So the first time hours. watching Dawn of the Dead was with you. Was with me dad. and my dad. My dad oh, introduced really? us to us this this was my birthday, nineteen ninety eight. No, it was early. Oh, no. Wait. No, it was 1998 because we were all very excited about Resident Evil 2 coming out, which was 1998. All right. Well, I wasn't part of that crowd because I didn't play Resident Evil games at that point. But it was me and John Meza. You and John Meza, yeah. Who were really excited about Resident Evil. And he's like, you guys have to watch this movie. Oh, no, no. That's not how it went. Was it? That is not how it went. Okay. It originally went, we, you had a sleepover for your birthday. Yeah. You had, what, like, probably like six or seven of us at the house. Probably. We yeah. all went to Entertainment Tonight to rent a movie. We all picked out which is now a movie called Slave of the Cannibal God. It has a very, like, Ursula Andress, her swimsuit ripped yeah. open. And you're like, my dad's not going to let us rent this movie, guys. We're like, oh, come on, give it to your dad. Give it to Jedi Neil. Come on. You're like, no, no, no. So we left without any fucking movie. We get back to the house. We're all, you know, drinking soda pop, eating pizza, just hopped up on sugar. And then <laughs> we tell him, he's like, I totally would let you guys rent yeah. that movie. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. So we still have no movies to watch. So then he, Neil's like, all right, I got two movies. I'll be right back. So he walks out. So we're all sitting there. He comes up. He's like, all right, I got two movies for you guys. A movie called Dawn of the Dead or Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And all of us as 11, 12, 13 year olds had never seen any of them. So we're like, we, we don't, we don't we know don't which know. one. He's like, we're going to watch Dawn of the Dead. Put it in, boom. See, you're right. This Destiny this would, for me. This would be 97, not 98, because yes. 98's the year I almost died, where you guys watched oh all the God, Psycho we sequels. We were wrestling, and yes. your head got and pushed into a fucking table. Yeah, my teeth went through my lip and my tongue, and I lost part of my tongue. Yep. 
for the record, uh, our destinies diverged in different ways. When you guys were watching uh, Day of the Dead, I was instead watching Monty Python Quest for the Holy Grail and yeah, getting into well, fantasy. I, well, I told you about, Craig, I told you about this at the wedding we were just at where we both got black eyes. I don't drunk. remember that. Exactly. <laughs> because I, since watching Dawn of the Dead, I have been obsessed with horror films my entire fucking life. I passed out after Dawn of the Dead. I had not seen Holy Grail until I was about 20, 22 years old. Oh my God. Exactly. It took me that long. So I'd like to think, what if he would have shown us Holy Grail first? Would I have gotten super in, into Monty Python, British comedy? D&D, &D, fantasy, it, Lord of the Rings. It could have went, it could have <laughs> went the total opposite way. Went, I could have been super into Monty Python, Terry Gilliam, John Cleese, like super into that. Or like I went into the horror movie way and that's been everything I've been obsessed with. Ah, destiny. So Dawn of the Dead. All right. Okay. So the movie so, starts so, off. So it starts off. They're in an apartment complex. That's yeah, enough okay, out yeah, of you well, guys. They start off and they're in a news broadcast. Oh, yeah, they're in the news broadcast with, you know. Uh, That's enough <laughs> out of you guys. We're off topic. All right. Join us next week on the Cape Fear and Dawn Dead podcast. <laughs> Where we'll be talking about goblins. Great score for Dawn of the Dead. Ooh, and Deep Red, too. That's oh, cool. That's God. I swear to God, I'll kill you or, both. Uh, obviously, Suspiria. I mean, can we just talk about Chopping Mall? Can that be the podcast? Uh, yes. I will be here for that all fucking day. I love Chopping Mall. I made my girlfriend watch that for the first time last year. She'd never seen it. Oh, I have a story like that. So, oh, it's great. I'll tell It'll you after the podcast. After oh, no, no, show. no, I will hear that right now. <laughs> okay, okay so, so we're watching Chopping Mall. I will mute your mic. So help me, God. I will talk so loud they'll get me on your mic, Craig. We'll just mute them all, and we'll sit here in silence for the next twenty minutes. How do you feel about that? I'm sorry. I'm going to make you guys lose listeners. All right, I'm just going to ramble about random shit. Yeah, I mean, not we, we can talk about another one. I can tell you that day. right now. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? It's funny because you've been as the wrong person to this episode. As, <laughs> as we're going through this episode, I was like, well, they're staying mostly on topic. This is going pretty good. <laughs> Style Z for zombies. <laughs> Holy hell! Hey, you know what? My defense. Sean brought up on the dead. I, I did. did not. That's all right. That's fair. It's my so, favorite movie, and so, it's the one time I get to bring it up on this podcast. So back, oh. back to it. <laughs> we'll do a Patreon special on it for you just because you love it so much. It's so wonderful. So You can do a live the, audio commentary for it. I, mm. I thought about doing that before, actually. So, Which version, though? <laughs> <laughs> the, theatrical, probably. Shut up. <laughs> so, Although I do love the European cut for the action vibe it has. The, the Argento cut, cut is, good. is, is oh, yeah, really, really good for good. that. More the love story. Yeah. I'm just the director's gonna, cut's great too, Craig. I'm just, I'm just gonna edit out this entire part of the episode. I hope you don't. I, I hope it stays not. in unedited. You better not. You guys are gonna like go to listen to the episode and be like, "How did it go half the time we talked? How did I hear myself speak one time? It's weird. <laughs> I'm just gonna Robbie. Edit out of everything. <laughs> then it just cuts, and then it's the end. Hey, Robbie. Sean, what do you think about Dial Z for Zombies? I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> so. Bart is right off the bat reading a pop-up book. <laughs> I love that Bart is failing a project in his story. Bart, do you... <laughs> I, I, I didn't think about that. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Bart, do you mean to tell me that you read a book designed for preschoolers? Well, most of it. She sends him to the library. Uh, From A. Apple to Z. Zebra, baby's first <laughs> pop-up book is 26 pages of alphabetical adventures. Bart gets to the library, though, and uh, he's reading Find Waldo yet again. <laughs> and Waldo's just 
out in the open by himself on the beach. Which, by the way, uh, where's Wally is what it's called in uh, over in uh, England. Uh, the, it's a book series that started in 87 by Martin Handford. Uh, and I honestly dove way too much into the lore of Where's Waldo. There's a lot of characters. There's a cartoon series oh, in definitely. England. Oh, definitely. There's a do- the, the dog, the girlfriend. The wizard. the wizard. Oh, yeah. They're all in there, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. There's the weird Mel Gibson reference that was cut from DVD releases of Apocalypto. What? Have you guys ever seen that? I've never seen the movie. So Apocalypto's got a scene where it's got a bunch of corpses, and Mel Gibson hid, like, far off in the corner, a dead guy who looks like Waldo in the classic (laughs) sweater, and it's cut from all DVD releases. It's only in the original theatrical cut, and you can see it on bootlegs online. That's funny. It's fucking amazing and the most weird, obscure reference ever. You know what? He gets a little, like, more credit for me. Like, that's amazing. That's so weird and just random. It's so weird because it's in a serious movie. Exactly. Oh my, that's awesome. It's fantastic. You have to look this up immediately after we get off this Yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at that because I'm very intrigued by right, let's that. Let's look it up right now. We're also talking about it. So <laughs> no. uh, Bart, however, sees there's a cult section. And he goes uh, looking around through section 666. Of course. Uh-huh. All libraries had an occult section, right? Had- In section 666, yeah. Uh, and he finds the Book of Magic and Secrets. Did you guys notice the little reference in the top of the book? It's Time Life, right? Yes, it is oh, a Time I, Life I book. Nice. Which is a publishing company that does still exist, though their book division closed in 2003. Uh, in the 90s, at the time this episode aired, there were tons of commercials. Oh, Print media is yes. dead. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I still get Fangoria, all right? That's good. I wish I still had Zoo Books. Dude, dude, I wish I had Zoo Books. I have a... Um, do you get the new Fangoria, Sean? I do not. I actually, oh. the only magazine I currently get is my... Switch one that I don't remember the name of right now. I feel really bad because I'm on the Patreon for it. It's legit. The new Fangoria <laughs> is amazing. Fangoria is what a uh, like a horror magazine? horror magazine. Yeah, oh, that's neat. yeah. Um, Otto will make reference to it later in 22 short films about Springfield. Oh. When Lisa's got the gum in her hair. Yes, he will. You're right. I Switch Player magazine that. is the only magazine I get in print nowadays. Oh. She get Fangoria. I should. You should. It's I don't really know good. why I don't have it's it. It's really good now. They do it every three months. That's awesome. Actually, yeah. interesting. Back at home. <laughs> back at home. I'm never being invited back. No, you're not. Uh, Lisa. <laughs> you're invited anytime there's horror movie references. <laughs> oh, God. He's going to be on like tons of episodes. Wait, uh, I have to come back for one episode. I have a cat named Bort. Oh, you, you do need to come back for Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, my cat is also named Bort. <laughs> uh, I've been to your apartment. There's no cat in there. No, there isn't. I. Uh, so. My cats are named Jack and Daniel. <laughs> Shout out to my cats, the boozy cats. Let's focus, guys. Come on. There's not much left. <laughs> Listen, I don't get to talk about my cats very often, and I'm proud of that. I actually them. want to hear about your cats. They're they're a gay couple. Okay. They're incestuous. All right. And one's fat, one's you. skinny. Oh, you got a chonky cat? I do got a chonk. My girlfriend loves chonky animals. Oh, then I'll show you some pictures that are ridiculous. Like, yeah. we put them in clothing all the time. Okay, you lost me there. <laughs> you lost no, no, me there a little no, bit. We take baby clothing, we put him in it because he looks so much fatter. It's fucking hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. We found a Tigger costume for, like, a little kid that we put him in. Okay, that's cute. It's hilarious. That, I He's mean, so I do mad need at to us. see that. He's so fucking mad at us. Sean, you need an Instagram. I do. My boozy cats need an Instagram. I mean, yeah, yeah make one for him. Why not? So, speaking of cats... <laughs> Lisa is lamenting that Snowball 1 died, and there's a couple of continuity errors here. Yeah, who, catch who, who killed Snowball 1? Well, Clovis, the beer-swilling brother of the mayor, killed Clovis. Only time he's probably ever mentioned? I think so, I yeah. think so. 
Yeah. I've never heard his name again, like, ever. I've never heard the name Clovis outside <laughs> of this scene. <laughs> that's, I, that, yeah. that's probably true, too. To uh, our one listener named Clovis, hi. Nice to meet you. We want to meet you. We do. You'll come on the episodes. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll give you an episode. Do you know zombie movies? And Craig will hate you. Yes. That is so true. No, the two continuity errors is that Snowball 1 is not white. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. he's almost it, supposed it, to be. It's Snowball no. 2 in the picture, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, Snowball 1 apparently lived from 88 to 1990. But in by 1989, we know that uh, Snowball 2 was already around. If that episode took place, tinfoil hat on, in 1989 and was not further down the timeline. And that's you know, true. It's not canon, so. This, this is, is not, not yeah. canon. No, this, this is a story. This is not canon, yeah, this so. Is not, yeah, so that's true. I mean, there's zombies. That's... Uh, Lisa, though, is, is you know, talking about her cat, and Bart's like, hey, maybe there's something in this creepy book I found. Uh, there's chapters on how to get your skeletons their whitest. I never read that one. Selling your soul in a buyer's market. I hope nobody else reads that. I could really stand to have everyone be a little ignorant on uh, souls. Uh, and uh, how to raise the dead. And then Bart laughs maniacally as lightning strikes. Now, we're going to fly through this because uh, the episode's going a little longer than originally intended. Cape uh, for your podcast. Keep it rolling. <laughs> <laughs> so the pet cemetery. We have eaten by mistake, yep. and it's a lobster. <laughs> which is, how do you mistakenly eat your... Like, did it fall in a pot of boiling water? Eh. Well, I mean, Homer does to, it in fan fiction yeah, seasons. Exactly, you'll get to that. Yeah, we. Yeah. Well, that's fair. In fan fiction seasons, Homer eats his lobster. Pinchy, pinchy, oh, pinchy. Yeah. Lobsky. I, I always forget the name oh. Pinchy with uh, pinchy. Citizen Snips from Futurama. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then we have uh, a few other graves: Fish Police, Capital Critters, and Family Dog. And there's a bit of interesting history here. I watched Fish Police back in the day. You did not. I did. My dad made me watch it. Okay, I I believe that now. Uh, <laughs> was it pretty bad? It was real weird and bad, and I didn't get the jokes, and it just didn't do it for me. Yeah. It's probably still that bad. I'm sure it is. It, I watched a few scenes of it uh, not that long ago, and it wasn't that great, though it had really good voice work. It had John Ritter as a character and oh, Tim Curry. Oh. And Tim Curry as well. Damn, that's actually... Pretty good. Yeah, that, that's a, a really good cast show. right there. Yeah. A shit well, show. And I mean, they had other uh, voice actors as well that were pretty solid, but those are the two standouts. But uh, so Fish Police, an animated series based on a comic book, apparently. And it was like about fish that was like a noir film, kind of. And it just did not land with people. Weird. Uh, Nobody could boat that bass. I yes. I wish, sure. I, had a, I wish I had a bell right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Ding. Ding. Uh but uh yeah, that was on CBS. It got one season in nineteen ninety two and that was dropped after three episodes of oh airing. Oh my god. Hanna Barbera worked on it. Uh Capital Critters. So it might have been my oh. little mind, like too young to reference it, but I thought there were like really adult sexual jokes in that. I think there were, yeah. It okay. was more geared to adults because it was trying to compete with The Simpsons. Because I remember like thinking, like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> that fish is sexy. <laughs> that fish is going to fuck that other fish. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Capital Critters uh, was another one, uh, and that had one season in 1992 and was also dropped halfway through airing all of its completed episodes. That one was about mice and rats and cockroaches that lived under the White House. I remember that cartoon now that you bring it up. I watched that. What's funny, though, is you probably didn't watch it on its original airing because it aired eventually on uh, Cartoon Network in 1995. 
one of those. I remember watching that. Yep. That was, yeah, that was, because I think I caught an episode or so of that, but I don't think I saw it in its original air. Uh, probably not. So do you guys ever have a show you remember from your childhood and you never got to like find out what it was? Oh, like, like find out the details of it or yeah, do you like, mean like, like some, CNN something thing? you watched like, like as a kid Capital and you, Critters, you don't you remember like, like, like holy yeah, shit Capital Critters. there's a show I watched late at night on Cartoon Network when it first started and it was kind of Family Guy-esque and I remember the dad being upset because the daughter was going out in a see-through shirt but she had a bra on I don't remember anything else about that cartoon except for that scene and it has eluded me for years so if anybody fucking knows please reach out to me on our Discord or on our Give Facebook me. Give me some time. I'm not bad with cartoons. I might be able to help you out with that. It, it might take me a bit, but I'll see what I can do. It, it doesn't exist. It, it, there's a good chance. That. I think Sean was uh, watching cartoon porn. I might have been. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but like it was like, fam- it was like like old family guy where like the dad was like a fat guy like Peter Griffin. He's like, oh, you can't go out like that. And she's like, oh, it's my body. I can do what I want. Interesting. Hmm. Huh. I have no, I have no yeah, idea. I don't know what it is. It's been my like hunt for a cartoon for years to figure this out. So, Family Dog is the one with the weirdest history. Are you ready for this? Go on. I am. So, originally, it was a TV movie in 1987 for a series of uh, like short films called Amazing Stories. Okay, yeah. And people really liked it, apparently. Uh, it was uh, on, I believe, ABC, or maybe it was also CBS, but it wasn't Fox. Uh, and so... Uh, they they wanted to do a cartoon series. And so two names got involved in creating this cartoon series. Steven Spielberg and Tim Burton. Well, yeah, because uh, Steven Spielberg was a big name behind the original Amazing Stories. Yeah, that makes sense yeah, then. So that, that was his, like, he, he ran that TV show. Oh, well, that adds up then. Yeah. Uh, because in 1991, uh, during the Grammys, they were hyping up this new cartoon series. But... Do you know when Family Dog aired? I'm going to guess like three years later. Yeah, pretty much. 1993. Oh, yeah. By 1993, it finally aired. And uh, because of delays, and you know, it got pushed back. And of course, it was a flop and never finished airing, of course. Of course. But what's weird is this episode was made in 1992. They were already calling that Family Dog had just tanked and became nothing. The a Simpsons year before it came out. Their shot. Didn't you say Capital Critters aired in 92 as well? Uh-huh. Now, that aired early in the year, though. Okay. Uh, 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 Fish Police and Capital Critters aired in 92 and failed by like the time they were like finishing this yeah. know, this episode. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the family dog you know, was a little later, which was weird. Simpsons calling their shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they and they were right. Go figure. Uh, Bart, though, has a bunch of different crazy spell names as he's invoking the dead. Did you guys get all the names? I wrote them down. By all means, Robbie. All right, so uh, to release the zombies, Bart Chants, Cullen, Rayburn, Nars, and Trebek. Last names of game show hosts. Yes. Zabar, Chrisage, Caldor, Walmart. Names of inexpensive department stores, only two of which are still around to this day. I've only heard one of them, Walmart. <laughs> uh, Zabar. Uh, Zabar or whatever it is I, uh, was another one. I, I couldn't. I It's not around in our area, but I had no clue. Apparently they exist. That's what I found online. Yeah. No are, idea. Are they Canadian? Uh, ooh, the, maybe. I I'm going to go south. Yeah, probably yeah, south, I, southwest. I can see south. Yeah. Uh, but I. Uh, oh, and Kresge uh, eventually became Kmart. Oh, okay. Oh, they're still around. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bart, however, instead of raising up uh, Snowball. 
summons forth all the dead in the Springfield Cemetery. Yep. And she's like, zombie, or Lisa's like, zombies. Please, Lisa. They prefer to be called the living impaired. That is so true. Oh, and he also has the Thriller album as a hat yes. on his yes. head. Is that just because of Thriller and it's Halloween? Well, because zombies, zombies, zombies are in the music video. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, they do the little zombie dance of it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the hand race thing. Yep. Uh, I guess nobody can see me doing that. <laughs> I'm glad no, you can. explained They it. can. They can. <laughs> uh, so, in front of the school... The dead are also raising up there, which leads me to wonder why yeah, are why there ten bodies at yeah. the school? It was not even like like a far off place away from the school. It's literally like where plants are put. Yeah, like a tree, oh, a bush, zombies. Yeah, I was like, wait, what the hell? There, why? Pretty is a picture. Like, what did Willie kill somebody? I I think because this is technically Bart's story. I'm sure he's implying that Willie murdered people. Or there's just zombies everywhere. I, I, I can see that. The dead are technically buried everywhere. That is true. I look at Poltergeist. Oh, yes. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, they, that's move, fair. they just moved the headstones. Bart and Lisa head home to escape the zombies, and poor Ned Flanders gets a knock on his door, and he opens the door, and he's like, you know, like, oh, hey, come on in, and then he's like, Sue Dulks, you, you rascal, I thought you were dead. And then we hear him scream. And then... One of my favorite lines, the kids come in and uh, they're like, Dad, we did something very bad. And Homer's like, did you wreck the car? No. Did you raise the dead? Yes. But the car's okay? Uh-huh. All right, then. It's, yeah, great. It almost kind of reminds me of, like, my mom's interactions with me, just, like, <laughs> not necessarily in, like, the detachedness of it, but the fact that it's, like, unless it was real bad, it usually wasn't, like, you know. Like, did, well, did you fuck up something that I own? No? Okay, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you're pretty fine. much. Pretty much. Also, we find out that Martin Prince got that juicy brain. <laughs> the big, juicy chest club brain. <laughs> I like that Martin is, like... <laughs> he like goes to the door. He makes this whimpering sound. Uh, we also see that uh, uh, on the Krusty show, uh, you guys mentioned that was a reference to a horror movie, right? I, I'm going on a stretch. That's a reference to a horror film called uh, Nightmare City. It probably isn't. I just yeah, it's similar to it's similar, okay. it's similar to a scene in Nightmare City. I see. I like that uh, Mel has already had all the flesh removed from his arm. Yes. Yes. It's interesting that like they, the zombies really went to town on his arm, but like hardly anywhere else on Mel. I. Uh, but uh, you know, so we so we have all this terrible stuff happening across uh, town, and uh, uh, the the line you referenced earlier, uh, Robbie, the zombies break in when Homer's li- or Marge is like, Homer, did you uh, like bar- barricade the door? Huh? Oh, the zombies! No, <laughs> <laughs> the zombies <laughs> smash in, and Homer offers himself to be sacrificed. Yep. And then they tap on they his tap head. On the and head. brains. Yeah, and they're they're not happy that there's no brains. Homer's a little offended too. I like the animation he, he, of him yeah, being kind of very mad. Yeah, I uh, and so you know Bart's lamenting that he you know was you know playing with forces beyond his imagining. Lisa's like, hey, maybe the book has a, a you know a reverse yeah you know, reverse spell or whatever. And a Homer flips around a sawed off shotgun like the biggest badass in the universe to the book what? depository. <laughs> <laughs> I. 
Which I love that Homer has that gun because Homer owns a gun. We'll see multiple times throughout the series. And also Homer says book depository. Yes. Like not what, library. Exactly. The book depository. Exactly. I love that. I love that wording for a library. Book depository. Because it's, of South Park, isn't it? Book depository would be nice. Book depository. Book you, depository. You would think yeah, Homer would anywhere. Go, oh, to go, let's go to the library. No, you, <laughs> no. you missed the letter in there. I. Uh, so Homer gets outside with his sawed-off shotgun, and uh, we have one of the uh, perhaps one of the most classic moments of The Simpsons. It is one of the greatest lines ever. Hey Simpson, I'm feeling a mite peckish. Mind if I chew your ear? Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. He Flanders was a, was a zombie. Yeah, he was a zombie. <laughs> Just how Homer delivers that. Flanders is a zombie? He doesn't even care. The fact that Flanders came up, asked to nibble his ear, and he blew him away. Doesn't okay, care. So, so I'm going to sidetrack this one more time really shortly. All right, Don the Dad, let's go. No. So <laughs> you know how Homer doesn't care? He gets away with murder, basically? Yeah. I mean, yeah, essentially. So there's the Purge franchise. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you can get away with murder one night a year. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted a spinoff that takes place like a week beforehand and somebody murders someone and they have to weekend at Bernie's them for a week until the purge actually <laughs> happens to make it happen. Like a comedy take on the purge. I would watch that. I would watch the <laughs> hell out of that movie. I would, they have to cover <laughs> it up how they've murdered someone. Yeah. Oh my God. No, for no, a no week. He's, he's hanging out with me right now. Don't yeah, worry. Don't worry. We're you know going to get tacos yeah. tonight. No, we're, we're going to stay in all, all day watching Cape Fear, Cape Fear, Night of the Hunter. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Purge movie oh, I want. Oh, weird. Sorry, Craig. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, wait. Were you referencing that I was the... Uh, never mind. No, not at all. Uh, so Homer turns on the radio, and it's KZMB. Zombie radio. Brains. Brains. Uh, up in space, we get our mandatory Kang and Kodos reference. About damn time. And uh, they laugh that, you know, the you know humanity is going to destroy themselves. And we find out that they had 12 seconds to kill on this episode because that's about how long they <laughs> laugh for. So behind the scenes, they were actually stretching where they could find Kang and Kodos in this episode. If you listen to the director's commentary, oh yeah, they're talking about it, and they realized after writing all these skits, they're like, "Oh shit, we don't have those aliens in here that everybody loves. <laughs> we have nowhere for space, like nowhere in space." Yeah, so they had to put a scene in where they were just laughing. Interesting to I'm fill okay that, that quota. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah I'm no, fine with it. It's, it's a great scene. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Absolutely. Uh, Homer gets into the school, and he realizes that his best friend has become a zombie. And Barney Gumble lets him know, I'm not a zombie, but hey, when in Rome, as he's chewing on an arm. Homer then guns down Washington, Einstein, Shakespeare. Which, of course, they're all buried in Springfield. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's a little weird. Of course. Just a little. Is this the and, end of zombie Shakespeare? And being, we, we've been referencing, like, you know, everybody's story, Bart's story. Does he really know who Shakespeare, Einstein? Not enough to know where they were buried. So, okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bart gets into the library, grabs the spell book, and we have more spell names. Uh, did you get the rest of those? Yes. This is the one where he turns Lisa into a snail. <laughs> yes. Kolchak, Mannix, uh, Banachek. Banachek, and Dano. Names of 1970s TV detectives. And then the final line? The final line to kill all the zombies, or t- put them back in their graves. Trojan, Ramses, Magnum, Sheik. Zelda characters, right? Yes, uh, correct. Uh, uh, prophylactics? <laughs> they're condoms. Yeah. yeah. Which I I actually just noticed that the first time I watched it on Friday. I was like, when he said Magnum Sheik, I was like, 
Those are all condoms. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. Wow. Yeah, that's another joke that went right over my head as a kid. That, well, all, all of these. I just noticed, like, they're actually he's actually saying, like, real words. Like, Walmart, okay, Trebek, Kolchak. I'm like, yeah, I know all this stuff. Oh, you just said condoms. Wow. Yeah. Way to get that through there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as the zombies go back into their graves, uh, we have another uh, really great moment when God, zombie comes up. He's like, "Excuse me, uh, I'm John Smith, John Smith, 1882." My, My mistake. <laughs> so, an offhanded line the zombies say when they're going back to the graveyard that I love is still pushing that boulder. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you in hell. <laughs> See you in hell. <laughs> and they say it so jovial, you know, so jovial uh, when they say it. I. Uh, Quimby releases a report and says that uh, the zombies are now nothing more than corpses rotting in our streets. Yay! And they're just letting them sit there. (laughs) They're all falling over in front of Quimby talking, and they're just like, all right, no big deal. Mm -hmm. NBD. Nobody's picking them up. Nobody's taking them back to their graves. And then we have a really weird ending because I feel like it disappoints me a bit. We have the Simpsons, and they're in front of the TV, and it's like, you know, it's a good thing we didn't become mindless zombies. Oh, quiet TV, man fall, man down. fall down, funny, <laughs> and then it ends. But there was a party going on. Yeah, we never get closure to the party. There's no closure to the party. And after this episode, we no longer have real tie-ins. No, you don't. And I well, I guess like you've been saying, like after every story, it keeps going further in the future. Yeah, party's over, everybody's out. They're just hanging out now, watching TV. That's how I see it. <sighs> I. I, I don't buy that entirely, but I'll accept that. Yeah, they kicked all those weird kids out. Nobody cares about them. <laughs> well, that's true. We know that that's, you know, most of that family does not care about those weird yeah. kids. That little wiener kid millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, stand up for yourself, dud. <laughs> uh, so, guys, that is the end of the episode. What is the lasting impact for you guys? Because... I mean, the basic answer is that it's another Halloween special. Like, they're so pervasive in our culture. My mind, I go between this one Mm -hmm. and the next Trios of Horror for the best Trios of Horror of all time. I there yeah uh, Trios of Horror three was amazing. This was three and four are my two favorite ones. Four is solid. I think like this this hits a stretch for them where every single one for the next like five years, all three skits are. Perfect. Yes. They are just like, all right, they're hitting on all cylinders. Like, yeah, the wraparound, the lead up. They're not doing the tombstones anymore. Yeah. I will say the lasting impact is what you just said. They lose that overarching narrative. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we get like the night gallery reference in four, but we don't get like an actual thing involving the Simpsons telling stories. Yeah. There's no yeah. wraparound story that brings everything in. It's just like, all right, here's one, two, and three. Or here's one, two, and three. Here's the opening and ending. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we get Bart doing the night gallery thing where he's Rod Serling in the next yep. one, but that's not really the Simpsons telling stories so much as it is parroting no. something else. Right, no, exactly. Yeah, but, and again, like every single episode for the next like five or six are just like bangers. Yeah, they're, they're all the, perfect. They're all We're, we're great. in the golden time of Trios of Horror. Yes. Honestly, though, even like Trios of Horror 1, it's definitely more subdued on the jokes. But oh. it's still great. Oh, I love oh, it. It's yeah. still great. What was the first one? Amityville Horror, The Raven, and what was the middle one? Oh, uh, the, uh, the, the, um, how to prepare, uh, oh, to, to, to yeah, serve, serve man. man. Yeah, to serve how to serve man. man. Yes. Yeah, th- th- that one's great, but I, th- like, it's still a little rough around the edges. Oh, I no, would, no, I yeah. can agree with that. Uh, yeah, for sure. This is where we, I mean, Craig and I have talked about this, like, Simpsons season three to what, 11, 12 are just perfect. 
Well, Sean and I have a different definition of the when the perfection ends. I would say still season twelve, <laughs> like season eleven, season twelve. You can still watch it. Like this is good. It still hasn't jumped the shark for me. See, I, mean, I I think there's one shark jumping moment that happens in nine. Okay, all right. When the fan fiction uh, begins and the series truly ends. Yes. The principal and the pauper. What episode is that? Armin Tanzaria. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. That is just the furthest jumping of a shark without actually jumping a shark. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. But so, so, okay, if you're going to argue three through nine. Still I'm, amazing, I'm though, still yeah. Perfect, <laughs> still perfect shows. You could literally put on any single episode of those six seasons. I'd go, yeah, this is perfect. This is great. Yeah, I would watch even the again. bad episodes from it, I would watch ten times in a row. Exactly. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not going to argue that. Like, oh, here's the weakest episode of season nine. I'd go. Yeah, it's still funny. I'm going to laugh my ass yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. So, guys, what are your favorite quotes of the episode? Robbie? All right. My favorite quote comes from Clown Without Pity. Marge, Marge, the doll's trying to kill me and the toaster is laughing at me. <laughs> as he, Homer comes rolling in the kitchen with the doll on his face, as he's saying that, then the doll starts dunking his face into the dog bowl. You dog water. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's Seeing it and watch it, like listening to it and watching it at the same time, just cracks me up every single time. Phenom- yeah, th- this episode had so many amazing lines. Sean, what's your favorite? So mine's from King Homer. It's when Lenny, Carl, and Charlie are all hanging out on the mast. And it's, hey, I heard we're going to Ape Island. Yeah, to capture a giant ape. Wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Candy Apple Island, what do they got there? Apes, but they're not so big. <laughs> and I... Mine is a little bit longer. So Homer goes to the evil shop and he's like, do you sell toys? We sell forbidden objects from places men fear to tread. We also sell frozen yogurt, which I call Frogurt. Well, I need something for my son's birthday. Ah, perhaps this will please the gentleman. Take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free Frogurt. That's good. The Frogurt is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? 